Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Well, after months of preaching from my living room, it is great to be back here in the City Church building. We're missing you, but it's one significant step forward as we embark upon that road to resuming in-person gatherings. A game that my three-year-old daughter, Ariella, absolutely loves playing with me at the moment is the invisible game. I touch her nose and then she turns invisible and then I proceed to look for her all around the house. But of course, I can't find her because she eludes me with her cloak of invisibility. That is until she starts giggling and then I catch her. Invisibility. According to one survey, this is the UK's most desired superpower. If you could choose one superpower What would that be? In fact, if you're watching live right now, why don't you tell our online hosts what that superpower would be? I think my desired superpower would be invisibility. I could imagine the prankster in me would get up to all kinds of fun and mischief, especially in the city church staff meeting. And guys, you've been warned. But invisibility is not just make-believe. And indeed, the world has been feeling the power and the effects of invisibility in recent times with the global pandemic that is the coronavirus. In many ways, the virus's biggest threat is precisely its invisibility, its ability to mutate and wreak all kinds of havoc in a way that is unseen by the human eye. Today, my message is entitled, Seeing the Unseen. And I want to talk about what the Bible has to say about the invisible realm. And we'll be reading in a few moments from 2 Kings chapter 6. But first, let me set the context. Here, Israel is at war with the king of Aram. And the king is out to get the prophet Elisha. As a prophet, Elisha keeps seeing into the king's secret plans. It's incredibly frustrating for him. In fact, he knows the very words that the king is speaking in his bedroom. So the king may just as well have a mole in his palace who is leaking all the top secrets. So the king is determined to take out Elisha. And I don't mean take him out for dinner. Let's read from verses 13 to 17 of 2 Kings chapter 6. Go, find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Let's just pause for a moment. What a curious answer. The servant must have been thinking, you know, I respect my prophet, master, Elisha, but what on earth is he on? Can he not count? Clearly, we are outnumbered. But verse 17 shows that Elisha said what he said because he was seeing with spiritual eyes into the invisible realm, the spiritual realm. Let's read it. Verse 17. 
And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What a brilliant story. And it illustrates a really important truth. There is more to the world than what we physically see. Though, of course, we live in the physical realm. And the Bible reveals, and we see it vividly illustrated here, that there is another realm that is just as real and even more powerful. This is what we may call the spiritual or the unseen realm. And it's in this spirit realm that there is a war raging between the kingdom of lights and the kingdom of darkness, between the forces of good and the forces of evil. But sometimes, and I think that this is due to the promulgation and the prevalence of that naturalistic, materialistic, secular worldview predominant in our prevailing culture, which squeezes out the spiritual and causes us to focus solely on the things of this earth. Sometimes because of that, it appears that Christians have had their senses deadened to the supernatural and the unseen realm. And for all intents and purposes, we live our day-to-day lives through a unbiblical, non-supernatural worldview, which means we act as if this physical realm is the only one that matters. But friends, we have to look beyond the world that we can see and hear and touch and taste and smell to the other reality, to the unseen reality, to that invisible reality that existed even before this world. And indeed, we have to start living our lives in light of that other reality, that spiritual reality. What we need to realize is that this physical world that we see with our physical eyes and experience with the other four senses too is not all that there is. This is why the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now someone may say, I don't believe in things that I can't see. But actually, if I was to push that, I'd hazard a guess that that's probably not quite the case. Electricity, you can't see it, but all of us are experiencing the effects of it, even now. Carbon monoxide, you can't see it, you can't smell it, it's completely invisible, but it can still kill you. COVID-19, well, you get the picture. These are realities that we don't see, but which are still nevertheless 100% real. And so here's my point. What you see is not all that there is. There is in fact so much more going on around us than what we actually see going on around us. Now that means we have to be on guard and have our spiritual wits about us, but it also means this. And here's the great news. If you are a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, when you go through a battle, You're not going through that battle alone. Now, of course, it may not be that you have an army before you trying to capture you as it was with Elisha. But the Bible says that we do have a spiritual enemy, the devil. 
He is an invisible, angelic being who has a host of fallen angels, demons at his command. And it is the devil who wages warfare against us. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to kill your faith. He wants to destroy God's promises over your life. But God is ahead of Satan, just as he was ahead of the king of Aram here in this story from 2 Kings 6 and working on Elisha's behalf. And so when spiritual attack comes or when we are confronted with those sudden crises and trials that seem beyond our control, we don't need to panic. Angel armies, and in fact, the God of angel armies are surrounding you. So it may seem like you're surrounded by trouble, but in fact, you are surrounded by God. I remember a time when I was a little boy traveling on the district line on the London Underground. I was with my mum, and a man in the row of seats next to us, he just burst into this violent fit of rage because of a woman who had simply asked him to stop smoking. And so he started to kick down the carriage, and he threatened to kill the woman and hurt others, including us. And I remember my mum immediately started to pray. And I said to her, just at this point that she started to pray, and remember, I was a little boy here, so go easy on my theology. I said, Mummy, don't worry. God is going to send his policeman from heaven. And I kid you not, within seconds, the train stopped and the carriage door opened and two policemen appeared. They grabbed hold of the man who immediately ceased his fit of rage and then they disappeared with him through the carriage door as quickly as they appeared. And a little while later, the train started to move out of the tunnel. Now, I don't know if these were angels Personally, I thought that they were, but I acknowledge I did drink a lot of Coca-Cola that day. But regardless, here's my point. If you are connected to Jesus Christ, God's unseen forces are working on your behalf through both natural and supernatural means. If only you could see with your spiritual eyes, you'd see that those who are for you are more than those who are against you. Maybe not in the natural realm, but certainly in the spiritual realm. Now, that doesn't mean that Christians will never suffer or experience problems, but it does mean that in all things, in Jesus Christ, we have the victory and not even death can take that away. And that's why to use Jesus's words, we don't even have to fear those who can kill the body. Now here on this note, let me quickly point out something. It's really interesting. Many people miss it when reading 2 Kings chapter 6. Notice that Elisha was in the city of Dothan when this army surrounded him. The only other time that the city of Dothan is mentioned in the Bible is in the story of Joseph. And it's the very place where Joseph was thrown into that pit by his brothers and sold into slavery. And maybe you know the story. That was the start of terrible suffering for Joseph. He ended up not only in slavery, but after being falsely accused, he was thrown into prison too. But of course, as the story goes, Joseph, he kept his 
eyes on God and he didn't allow bitterness to grip his heart. And we see that even in those very lowest moments of his life, God was working something quite spectacular and turning around all of the evil that came his way. And basically, Joseph ended up as the equivalent of the prime minister of Egypt. And then years later, after it had all miraculously turned around, as he looked back on all of the suffering Joseph was able to say to those same brothers who threw him in that pit in the first place, he says in in Genesis 50 and verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Just think about it for a moment. There in Dothan, Joseph, he never had any such vision of chariots of fire surrounding him. He didn't see any angels. He probably thought that he had been abandoned by God. And yet, God, even there, was sovereignly superintending his circumstances. Friends, most of the time, we won't see angels and fiery chariots around us with our physical eye. But in those Dothan moments, when we are in the pit, you can know that as we submit to God, that we can resist the devil and nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the past, nor any powers, neither height nor depth. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So even in our disappointments, God can outwork his appointments. And though you can't see them, God has released his angels to help you in the battle. So ask him to open your eyes so that you may see with the eyes of faith what there really is and that you may have the courage to face what is troubling you, what is worrying you, what is attacking you. So my question to you today is, where are you looking? Where are you looking? You see, in the natural, things look pretty bad for Elisha and his servants. But that wasn't all that was going on. And Elisha, he had learned to live not just by what his five senses informed him, though he didn't ignore that, but he had learned to live by what God showed him in light of that spiritual reality, in light of the invisible realm. You see, faith doesn't ignore the earthly facts, but faith grasps the true interpretation of those same facts from a heavenly perspective. And you know what? A key thing that opens our eyes to spiritual reality, it's prayer. As Elisha prayed, the servant was able to see what he previously was unable to see. He was able to see into the invisible realm and see the protection from God that he and Elisha actually had. God gave him a glimpse into the spiritual world and he realized that he was not in the battle alone. Prayer opens up our eyes to spiritual reality. Now, next week, we are beginning a fantastic new series for the month of August, a sermon series called Dangerous Prayers. But let me say this for now. Your prayers are far more powerful than you will ever know. 
Remember when Daniel prayed and fasted in Daniel chapter 10? It looked as if nothing was happening for the first 21 days. But in actual fact, as soon as he prayed, and we see this in verse 12 of Daniel chapter 10, God heard his prayer as soon as he prayed. And God released an angel with that answer. But for 21 days, the angel did battle against an evil spirit, a demon in the invisible realm. Of course, Daniel didn't know any of this at the time. From an earthly point of view, it just looks as if his prayers were going unanswered. But of course, in the spiritual realm, because of his prayers, massive things were shifting. And here we get an insight into the battle going on in the heavenlies and how what happens in the invisible realm ultimately impacts and affects what happens in the visible realm. There are battles going on all around us, even now. Battles that we may not see with our natural eye. Battles between angels and demons. Although we have to realize that unlike with Daniel, we are now this side of the cross. And because of the resurrection, that changes absolutely everything. But let me say here, there is a real power in prayer. A delay is not always a denial. God hears our prayers the moment we utter them. And he may choose to answer them immediately. But even if he doesn't, as we see in Daniel chapter 10, what we need to do and keep doing is praying in Jesus's name and not give up. Even when you think that nothing is happening, stuff is going on in the spiritual realm. Your prayers make a difference. Oh, that we would see the unseen. Have you ever been in the situation of Elisha's servants? What shall we do? We've lost all hope. There is no way out. We're surrounded. Well, let's learn the lesson here. Remember, they were protected all along, and yet only one of them was living in the knowledge, the reality of the truth that they were actually protected. Notice the contrast between the panic of Elisha's servant and the peace of Elisha himself. This is because... Elisha was able to see the unseen, but the servant, at least initially, wasn't. Our sense of peace is dependent upon what we see spiritually. For when we see spiritually, when we see the unseen, we are grasping reality as it really is. So friends, know that one of your greatest needs right now at this moment is to have your eyes opened. Of course, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that happened at the point of salvation. And yet there is an ongoing need to ask the Lord to give you further spiritual insight. And we gain that insight by staying close to God in prayer and also by knowing his word. But today, even now, why don't you ask the Lord to open your eyes? You see, we've got these few short years, comparatively speaking, on this earth. And then we have all of eternity. And yet the irony is that because of spiritual blindness, we don't invest in eternity, but we live purely, often just for the few years on this earth, instead of using this part of our lives to invest in that part of our lives, which will go on forever and ever and ever. If you're listening or watching today and you're not a believer in Jesus, presently you will not be able to enjoy the promises of spiritual protection and peace 
that I've just been declaring today. But right now, at this moment, you can make a decision to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, to receive him as your Lord and Savior, to enter into a life-changing relationship with him. And that will change absolutely everything. And if you want to make this decision today, there's a prayer that's going to appear on the screen right now. And I'm going to lead you in that prayer and ask you to say it together with me in a moment. It's a prayer saying sorry to God for the sins that you've committed that have disconnected you from him. It's a prayer of surrender to him, a prayer through which you can make peace with God, a prayer through which your spiritual eyes will open. Remember, I've been declaring today that there is more to this world than what we see. And so my hope is and my prayer is that even now, God would open your eyes to the truth of Jesus Christ and the reality of heaven, that you would receive Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. And if you mean this prayer from your heart, you will receive forgiveness of sins, the most amazing of gifts, and you will enter and be able to enjoy eternal life with God in heaven. So if your answer to this amazing invitation is yes, then please say this prayer out loud with me, which is on the screen right now. Let's say together, Jesus, I acknowledge that I have done wrong things and that my sin has separated me from you. But I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Today, I ask for your forgiveness and thank you for your gift of new life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I choose relationship with you and I choose to live for you. Please come into my heart and change my life now and forevermore. Amen. If you said that prayer today for the very first time or in a meaningful way, congratulations. It is the most awesome decision you could have ever made. Please do tell someone about this. In fact, please would you go onto our website, citychurchcardiff.com forward slash next. There you'll be able to find some great information and resources to help you and also get in contact with our team. We would love to help you outwork that brilliant decision. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.